And we're we're going. We're live. <clears throat> How you doing today, Shane? I'm good. I'm good. I see you got yourself a Tim Hortons. You're a I savage. Did. You're it, drinking it, coffee in the, it, in the I, evening. I normally don't. Normally, I'm in bed by <laughs> nine o'clock. Um, wow. It's like a it's like a security blanket for me. Oh yeah. Yeah. What do you mean? I mean, like I it, it just uh, like anytime I go to a doctor's appointment anywhere I go, I feel like I just have to have a cup of coffee with me. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. I get that. I understand that because um, whenever I do a podcast, I feel like I have to have a coffee too. Yeah. Yeah. It, it gives you like se- like a sense of energy. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I just feel better. It, thank God it's Saturday. I have to get <laughs> up for work. <laughs> so tell me a little, about, a little bit about yourself. Are you from the Lansing area? So, uh, yes. I grew up in Williamston. Wow. Um, I, so I've been around the local area for most of my life, uh, minus... A few years I was up in Gaylord, and uh, a few years I was over living north of Detroit, over by the military base. Okay. Um, so, but been around here most of my life. Um, I grew up with uh, twenty two siblings. Um, twenty two. Twenty two. Yeah. My parents. Wow. My parents had seven boys, and then they adopted sixteen. Um, Holy cow. we were like the, like the UN of Williamston <laughs> and, and everybody, you know, and this is, you know, going back, you know, 30, 30 plus years. Um, it, it was a much smaller town then. Uh, and so everybody of course knew exactly who we were <laughs> because they, uh, you know, my, I have siblings from, uh, South Korea, India, Haiti, all over the United States. Um, wow. it, it was definitely a, a mix. What are family functions like? Uh, they are mostly non-existent. Yeah. Uh, because it's sort of, it, it just becomes impossible to get that many people together. And we try, we try to do like a Christmas thing every year, but, um, you know, we might get, uh, a handful of people and honestly, even a handful of people with, you know, some cousins and stuff thrown in the mix. I mean, you're up to 50 people. In Easily. no time with, with it seemingly hardly anybody. <laughs> so, um, but you know, it, it's, it, it wasn't boring. Um, and it certainly still isn't. Um, but you know, the, the flip side of that as, a, and, and as I've experienced more recently than not is when you have that many siblings, it's that many more people that you're going to lose throughout your life. Mm. Um, which, you know, didn't necessarily occur to me growing up um, until I started losing siblings. And um, now I've lost five siblings. And, wow. you know, that's more than most people ever even have. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's been it's been interesting. So are you one of the adopted siblings? Uh, no, I am one of the I'm the youngest of the biological brothers. And I also have a twin brother. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That is so wild. So did your parents adopt through the foster care system? Did they? Nope. They never fostered. Really? They just straight up uh, did adoption. What Um, what made them want to adopt so many kids? uh, Just had a passion? You know. You guys have a farm? Craziness? (laughs) I don't know. Uh, I'm sure there was, uh, you know, a lot of motivating factors behind it. And and I don't, you know, I've certainly never regretted it. I mean, I think it, it, it... lended to having a, a very interesting upbringing, you know, and, and, a and a more, uh, uh, like, 
a better cultural understanding. Yeah, it's a little know? bit more diverse. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. completely diverse. You yeah, know? I mean, we had it all. So yeah. it it was it was interesting. Yeah, you definitely can't be called racist when you have yeah, yeah. siblings from yeah. all, all all over the world, right? Yeah. yeah. It, it teaches you to appreciate different cultures, too. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, when my siblings came from South Korea, they they didn't know English. You know, they were young and wow. um, coming from a completely different culture to here. Right. And, um, but, you know, you, you kind of adapt and overcome, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's wild. That is so crazy. So, I've never met anybody that's that's had twenty two siblings. You'd be surprised at how many. You know, th- there are a lot of other families that do have um, a, a lot of kids like that. And they, when I was growing up, there was these adoption groups that would get together. And I mean, between five families, you'd have one hundred eighty seven kids <laughs> running around. You know, <laughs> um, so so I grew up in Williamston. Um, been around local most of my life. Uh, joined the military at 28. Um, I kind of went in late. I was kind of busy in my twenties, just enjoying life, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I went in and, uh, and ended up staying in for, uh, 12 years. Uh, and, and then just recently separated in August of 2019. Wow. Um, and the, the hardest part about that was finding a, a purpose that even comes close to matching your your purpose as a member of the military mm-hmm. you know i mean it's just yeah. it's it seems next to impossible right and uh and that's what sort of brought me to the this um flag replacement business is um i just you know saw a need there and 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 it was completely unfulfilled wow now you you mentioned that it's difficult to find your place uh, after leaving the military. Um, I sorry that light goes on and off. Uh, I apologize. Um, I could imagine that when you're in the military, you have like a brotherhood essentially, right? Absolutely. You're, you're tied to the the guys that you're with, yep. and then when you leave that, you no longer have that, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean you, you know, I I'll always have that family over there, um, but now that I'm separated from it. Um, yeah, those are those are truly, you know, the people that I would gladly take a bullet for. Right. Um, and so, you know, it, I mean, you know, you're not only working with these people, but you're living with these people on deployments and, you know, spending damn near every waking minute with these people. Um, so it definitely creates uh, some strong bonds there. And and it's it's definitely challenging coming out of that and, you know, finding your your place anywhere after that yeah this episode is brought to you by red bike delivery this delivery service operates only using battery-powered eco-friendly transportation red bike delivery is there for all your delivery needs whether it's dinner for the family flowers for your partner or new house plants for your new collection red bike delivery will gladly deliver those and everything in between so what are you waiting for check out red bike delivery on facebook or instagram for more information Red bike delivery because there's only one earth. So how did you find your place after that? Uh, trial and error. <laughs> <laughs> uh, w- when I got out, I, you know, was kind of, kind of just job hopping and, you know, went back to school for about five minutes and 
uh, I, w- I was ended up working a bunch of uh, marijuana jobs, doing like security and uh, uh, marijuana transportation and stuff. And it was just, it, it was just never anything more than a job. Mm-hmm. And so there was really just no fulfillment there, um, especially coming from the military. So I, I had, uh, I, I was doing a job delivering flowers for, for a, a local florist and driving around one day. And I just, you know, started, I always notice flags. Um, it's just kind of my thing. And, uh, and I just started noticing how many flags are out there that are torn and tattered and, and you know, just shredded and ju- just need to be replaced. Yeah. And I, and the more I, I would see these flags and the more I thought about it, um, you know, there, there's just nobody that offers that service. And, you know, it, my, uh, thoughts were, you know, with elderly people in the community and just, or, or handicapped people, people that, can't just go out there and and swap out their flag right you know it, it's more of a challenge um but but they want it there so um you know it, it just kind of fills that that void so explain to me what you do so so when when people put out american flags yeah um it, as m- most people know that w- when the flag becomes torn and tattered beyond repair essentially uh, it it needs to be retired and replaced and that's that's it's that simple that's what i do is just offer a service um replacing people's american flags and then um with that retiring their old flags properly now when you retire a flag what does that consist of that consists of uh burning the flags and it's just done in a ceremonious way. Okay. Um, and part of my drive um, or passion behind the flags is uh, a good portion of my military career was spent doing honor guard. And um, I did, I did 10 years of honor guard doing military funerals and um, <clears throat> base functions, you know, ceremonies and stuff. But but the passion was was really with the the funerals and wanting to, you know, make sure that every single funeral that you do is is done well, is done correctly, is executed properly, and um, you know, obviously the 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 American flag is a big part of that, right? Um, so so I've just always sort of had this passion leaning that way, and one of the things, uh, the only thing I collect is, uh flags flags that have been flown in various places or on various aircraft and stuff like that very cool yeah that is so cool do you have them hanging around your house i do, well i i just recently moved so i don't oh, okay. I, they're, they're lacking a spot right now <laughs> i did have them up and uh and i'm up to about uh, about a dozen flags um from you know just the flying on bombers and and uh over in the middle east they would run these flag programs um, to to make some money, you know, for the squadron, and they take donations, right. and they'd fly your flag for you and give you a cool certificate with it. And I always thought that was pretty cool. That is cool. Is there a huge need, like in the Lansing area, for to swap out people's flags? And 
I would certainly argue yes. Um, based <laughs> based on you know when I drive around and hold hold on sure, go ahead keep talking. When I drive around um, and and see all the tattered flags that I see, um, I yeah I think there's a huge need for it. Um, and as I've I posted on uh, uh, Facebook just recently that I I would rather recommend someone to a competitor that, I mean, I don't really have any competitors. I was going to ask that. But if I did, I would gladly send someone their way to replace their, I would rather have them replace their flag than, than I don't, you know, I don't care about the money. I'm not, you know, this isn't uh, a full-time thing for me. And, uh, you know, the idea is just to sort of allow it to hopefully organically grow um, on a local capacity, right? Uh, because I'm, you know, I'm one guy. I can really, I, I can serve the greater Lansing area, and that's about it, right? Um, but I don't think I need any more than that. You know, I, there's right. there's no shortage of, of flags a, around the greater Lansing area, <laughs> right? Um, and, and one of the really cool things to me is uh, the the flags that I get are manufactured at the Ionia prison. Oh wow. I, I think slave that's, labor. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know how it works, but I think it's awesome that they make them there. I think it's yeah. awesome that I'm able to source them locally. Absolutely. Um, and it, yeah, that's, I think it's great. What is the process of making a flag? What is that like? Do you have to sew it with like a sewing machine? Well, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure they have, you know, some pretty industrial equipment. Yeah. Um, uh, the, one of the big differences is, you know, the difference between an embroidered flag and a printed flag, and generally the printed flags are, for lack of a better term, junky. Yeah. Um, where, you know, if you can get a good quality embroidered flag, it's it's just going to last longer. Right. Now, how when do you know that you need to re, re- replace a flag? When it starts tearing? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's sort of personal discretion. I mean, I think when... What, when would you replace it? I would, <laughs> I would replace it probably at the first sign of a, of a fray. Um, but, but it, you know, I understand people, are, you know, aren't going to do that. Um, and I don't expect them to. Uh, and, you know, it, I, I get it. Flags get worn out, you know, and, it, and there's, there's a lot of variables there with uh, weather conditions and what time of year and all those things. Right. You know, a flag may last you know, nine months at, at one person's house and three months at another. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I think, uh, I think, I think it's a, it's an awesome deal. One thing I find really interesting, uh, about America is that we're one of the only countries that flies our flag outside of like almost every business, every government building, every, like people have them on their houses. Yeah. Like there's a huge sense of pride when it comes to America. And being American. Yeah, yeah. And that, I was actually talking to uh, this, this lady. She's a Fox 47 reporter, and uh, she's from Germany. And she was like, that's one thing I really love about America is how um, – I she didn't say patriotic, but I think that's what she meant yeah. is how patriotic we are and how, how much pride we take in our country. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. And, and, you know, having traveled all over the world, you're absolutely right. You don't see um, – you don't see flags flown to the extent, you know, right. Uh, you might see in various countries flags flown in front of government buildings and stuff, but 
definitely not on the scale that you see in the United States. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, when did you start your business? I just started it uh, this last November, the week of Veterans Day. Oh, wow. Yeah. I started it. Um, and That's a good time to start. It, it was. And, <laughs> and it was, you know, I kind of had the gears in motion and Veterans Day was coming up quick. And I, I wanted to get on the local news on Veterans Day. So I, I incorporated that Monday and got on the news by Wednesday. Wow. And, and which, you know, it was, I think, just, you know, pure luck there. But, <laughs> but it, was, it was awesome, though. It, it was really great of them to highlight that story for me. I mean, it was a full two minutes, which, you know, anyone knows on, on local news, that's a long time. That is a long time. Um, so it was, it was really cool of them to do that and, and just get the word out there. And, uh, you know, like I said, I, I'm in no hurry to, to, um, you know, be selling a hundred flags a day, Yeah. you know, but there, there certainly is a, a big need for it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've seen some tattered flags. I don't pay that much attention though to it. Like yeah, I'm sure you yeah. do, but. And I get it. You know, it's some, some, you know, you see that are, are tattered, um, you know, and, and even if they get into kind of bad condition, I get it. You know, it's, it's not one of those things that, you know, you're, you're, you get to the grocery store and you think, Oh geez, I need an American flag. You right. Know? You just don't think about it. Yeah. Um, but on, on the flip side of that, when I see flags that are, shredded to almost uh nothing that that's when you know it's it's uh it's a bit perturbing I guess. <laughs> you know i think why, why do you even have it out there yeah you know? i mean yeah it, i mean there comes a point where you know you should really really replace it yeah you know? absolutely <laughs> is it almost like offensive in a sense it, it to me it is yeah and and, and i can't you know, I guess I can't speak for all veterans, but I, I'm sure I'm not the only one. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Like, what would what would you think if you seen somebody who had a tattered flag hanging? It was just ripped and flying. Do you think it's just like disrespectful? No, I or just a lack of care. I, I don't think it's it's disrespectful or even a lack of care if it's torn or tattered or you know it it it's it maybe gets to a point where it, it needs to be replaced. Um, and like I said, you know, where, when you have, I've seen flags where three quarters of the flag was missing. Well, that, you know, I mean, that, that's way beyond torn and tattered. Yeah. You know, I, I get it. People don't, like I said, people don't walk out of their house and yeah. stand their flag every day. Yeah. Um, so I get it, you know, and I don't, I, I'm not here to judge. Right. You know, I'm just that's here. Just, that's just your job. I, I just want to, wanna, yeah, I just want to properly retire that flag and, yeah. and just replace it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, and you said you don't ha really have any competition with us. Uh, no, and uh, there there are. Um, I know of one local company that uh, does flagpoles. Okay, and so in addition to they'll they will come out and replace your flag, but they're not. You know, it's not their thing. They're not out with the marketing right flag replacement service. Right. Um. So yeah, it's it's essentially there. There's no one else doing it. What kind of success have you seen since you started? Uh, so far, not a ton. Um, and what I've found is that it, unless I'm out going door to door, you know, I'm 
there's not it's, there's not a lot being generated from you know social media for example right um but it, it, it's new enough also that i i think just taking the time to to grow and and just getting the word out there um and and taking advantage of of you know like we have memorial day coming up right you know? yeah that's a time when a lot of people put their flags out and um yeah so it'd, it'd be it'd be great to to just continually build that up yeah 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 absolutely yeah. and coming on to like a podcast and yeah getting covered by the news yeah um, I should, uh, put you in contact with my, my friend reporter. <laughs> Which it, one? Uh, Louisa. She was on oh. the, she was on the podcast. Oh, okay. And, uh, she's like, anytime you get somebody who has a interesting, cool thing that they want to promote, yeah. send them my way. I think it's awesome. You know, I think it's, uh, unique and, and, and most importantly, like I said, it, it gives me that purpose that I was looking for. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's the biggest thing for me. I don't. I don't really, um, you know, I can't afford to give them out for free, right, um, right. but I, you know, I, I'm not trying to get rich at this either. You know, right. I, I truly just want to see people have nice flags flying. Now you said that it gives you purpose is when you got out of the military, what, what was your life like? Were you like just kind of struggling? Like, I mean, cause like, all right, for instance, I, I'll give my, my situation. Sure. All right. So. I work at GM and kind of going through the daily routine of going, going to work every day and like just the same thing over and over and over yeah. every single day gets tiring. But when you don't have any purpose, any passion, anything that you can kind of put focus energy in yeah. outside of work, then you kind of get depressed yeah. and like you, you're like, what's my purpose? Like yeah. I'm just going to this bullshit job that I don't want to go to every day. Yeah. And you know, luckily I started doing podcasts and I'm pretty passionate about that. And that keeps me beyond busy. I bet. Um, so now it's like, I, I feel like I have a purpose. Yeah. That's but, awesome. But like, what was life like for you? Were you kind of getting depressed? Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> I don't even know where to start with that one. Uh, it, it was, it was rough because I, cause I didn't choose to get out of the military. I got medically discharged, and so it was it was a really long, arduous process of getting out. It's not like you just get out, you know. Right. It was like two and a half years of wow. getting out. Um, so, and then, you know, one of the, the, the sort of dagger to the heart to me was um, in that process, uh, before I was, you know, 100% for sure out, I was, I was getting ready to go to Afghanistan. I mean, my bags were ready. To, all my gear was ready to go, wow. you know. And at the last minute, man, they, they took me off. And, and that was devastating to me, you know. I mean, because that was my purpose. Right. You know, and and and, and I think, you know, part of that has to do with um, the the job itself. And, you know, I don't know it. Other people with other military jobs, you know, I can't speak for their jobs. I don't know what kind of purpose they found in that. But for me, as a as a crew chief, uh, I was a crew chief on the KC-135 area fueling tanker, <clears throat> excuse me, which are flown out of Selfridge. Um, and the, the number one mission of that airplane is nuclear warfare. That's it. Now, wow. we, we did a million different things all the time. You know, we would transport medical patients, troop transports, uh, all kinds of stuff. But our number one thing was nuclear war, and that's what we trained for. And so you're you're leaving uh, 
that purpose and trying to replace that. And, and, right. uh, so when I first got out, uh, like I said, I, I was working, a, a a marijuana job, marijuana security job. And, uh, due to, well, let me, I tell you what, let me back up for a second. So the, the beginning of the end was, <laughs> was, uh, in the Middle East, in uh, Qatar on a deployment, and <clears throat> I went into the clinic for chest pain because you know I'm getting older, and I my a couple months before that, my mom had had a heart attack, and my brother had had a heart attack, wow. and that with a month apart. Oh so gosh. this is only you know a, a couple months later. So I you know I start freaking out, and I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> and, and this is going on intermittently for a couple of days. And I think, man, I, you know, I should probably go get this checked out. Well, little did I know when I walked into that clinic, I was never coming back out of that clinic. I mean, that I did, I, they wouldn't even let me go get my stuff. I had to have, luckily wow. my nephew was, uh, deployed there at the same time. So I was able to call him and say, Hey man, I need you to go get all my stuff. Oh my gosh. Um, so while I was in that clinic, they um, had given me a uh, sublingual and essentially I died. And I came back and the nurse was sweating bullets and she's like, oh my God. You know, she's like, you were dead. And they had me hooked up to everything. And so, you know, it was just like this crazy thing. And, and so they immediately flew me out of there uh, to Germany to the hospital where they did a whole... Um, work up and did the heart cath and all this stuff. And, um, so I was there for a few days and then went from there to a hospital in DC and the, the, the funny and maybe not so funny part about this is three hospitals later, the, the chest pain was just pneumonia and it just wow. happened to be that that was the only symptom I had. Um, but in the interim with all this going on, they had diagnosed, um, so, you know, some coronary artery disease and, and some various things. Uh, and then through that process and, and we, it, I, I don't know, momentary hypoxia, wh whatever the case may be. Um, I developed a severe neck twitch for, uh, it just through that process. I don't, I don't know the exact day, but once I got back to the States and got back to my base, I had this just wicked head twitch. And um, what what later was diagnosed as dystonia, which is a movement disorder, sort of like Tourette's. Um, wow. And they, they sort of added that to it. So it was like dystonia and Tourette's, um, which wouldn't be so terrible, but it, uh, it caused severe chronic pain. I and imagine. I mean severe. Fear, chronic pain. It probably like tenses everything up. Oh man, I mean, time. yes, yeah. And so, I mean, I was in severe pain for, Jesus, probably two and a half years. Wow. Before, you know, they they were trying different things, different things, different things, you know, and nothing, just nothing ever worked. <clears throat> where now we we finally have gotten to a point where I do uh, Botox treatment every three months and, and thank God, cause that has made a world of difference. Wow. Um, a world of difference. But even with the Botox treatment, I, if I get into situations that are stressful or excitable, 
whether it's good or bad, it sets me off. I found wow. out last year that I cannot go to Vegas. <laughs> I cannot hang out on the strip in Vegas, man. I mean, my head about, I mean, it was about to just come off my shoulders. And, and it, it but the, the problem is it, it hurts. You know what I mean? It yeah. starts hurting. And yeah. so thank God for Botox, <laughs> man. It was, it, wow. so there's been some, so between that and, and just, um, you know, when the pandemic hit, I, I, that, uh, January, I decided, Hey, you know what? I'll go back to school. The V the VA pays for it. Yeah. I'll go back to school. Then the pandemic hit. And, uh, I, you know, I'm 46 years old. I'm not an online school kind of guy. Right. I didn't even graduate high school. You uh -huh. know, I, I, I'll, I'll How'd never, you join the military. I, uh, back then you could get in with a GED. Oh, okay. And, and so, you know, uh, my understanding is that you can't do that anymore. Um, but back then you could. And so I, so I went and got the GD immediately after, um, dropping out. But, uh, yeah, so I, I went back to school, the pandemic hit and that, that was the end of that. Um, and in that process, <clears throat> right, right after the pandemic hit, uh, I lost two siblings, wow. two brothers, uh, one brother, four days after my other brother's funeral. Oh my god. And gosh. I mean it was just back to back. Um so that that year was I mean rough to say the least. In 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 the sense of mental health, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um just just going through all that and um and also not having any purpose. You know, also just not knowing what your life even is anymore. Yeah. You know. Um I, I tried to to sort of find a little bit of purpose in doing funerals of the local VFW, um, and that was that was incredibly short lived. <laughs> um, <laughs> they they do things a little differently. Okay, um, how so? Uh, uh, so they they would take a flag, a folded flag, and just hand it to the family, and. Uh, there, there are two things that are just an absolute at a military funeral. Two things, flag fold and taps. That's it. You know, and, and if, if someone um, maybe is afforded the rifles, that's great. But most, most are not. Yeah. Um, so the two requirements are flag fold and taps. And, and I, I refused. I said, I'm not, there's no way I'm going to hand off uh, an unfolded flag or, or a flag that wasn't personally folded by us right. in front of the family. Wow. Um, I'm not. I'm just not going to do it. Why wouldn't they do that? I, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I I could never figure it out. Wow. And uh, and and I kind of you know I didn't want to figure it out. I just thought you know what. That's kind of a depressing thing to find purpose in, though, right? <laughs> well, it it, it, it is, um, and and you know. I, I get it. Maybe though. I'm the I outlier, but you know, when, when I first joined the military, I joined the air force reserves. Okay. Um, and then within three years of that, the, the air force reserved got moved from Michigan to Florida. Wow. So I got out, um, because it was, you know, it was, it was a mess. And so I'm, and I was new, so I'm glad I got out at that time, but the, the driving factor to, for me to go back in, was to do honor guard was mm -hmm. to do military funerals 
Wow. Um, and I, you know, I don't know that I can explain why, but it's just something I, I, I feel very passionately about and, you know, just, just being able to do it correctly, you know, doing it right. Yeah. There's like a sense of pride with it Absolutely. Too. Yeah. Because I mean, that's the last time that individual is going to be able to, I mean, not look at their family member that's lost, but you know, like that's their last memory that yeah. they're going to have of their, that loved one. Yeah. And, pe- and you're in control of that, mm-hmm. their experience yeah. of it. Yeah. And I think, I think most people remember that. Yeah. You know, most people remember when they go to a military funeral, they remember that, you know, they, re- they remember the rifles and taps and, um, and you know, it, it was, uh, I mean, there's a reason why it's always in movies, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, cause it's like such a honorable thing. Yeah. I, I did. Uh, I took part in John Dingle's funeral. Wow. That was that was interesting. That um, was John. Who was John Dean? So he was the longest serving um, U.S. representative, I believe. Um, he was in office for my God, like fifty some years. Jesus, I mean, he was old, and he was a, a World War II veteran. Oh, okay, um, and so you know, his his funeral was a pretty big to do. Um, wow. But I also did a, a funeral. It, uh, Alfred Taubman, he, he... Was he the guy that was, long, like, lost in war? No, no. He invented shopping malls. Oh. And he, at one point, owned, like, Sotheby's auction house. This guy was worth over wow. $2 billion. Jeez. But when we went and did his funeral, guess what he gets? A flag fold and taffs. You know what I mean? Because, <laughs> you know, we don't... I mean, he's no different to us than than anybody right. else. And, and um, that was also... We, doing honor guard and doing military funerals, we didn't wear name tags on our uniforms because it doesn't matter who I am. Mm. Who I am makes no difference to this. My, yeah. I have a job to do and that's it. Um, but that being said, it was, you know, there were times where, I mean, it was really, really difficult. You know, I mean, you gotta, you, you have someone, you know, maybe younger that passed. And I mean, the family's just losing it Yeah, and you're standing there holding the flag, trying to keep your shit together. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so, and you know, and, and just doing, you know, f- friends, funerals, um, people, you know, yeah, that's rough. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine that. Yeah. But I, I took pride in knowing that, you know, I'm, I'm doing it and I'm doing it absolutely correctly. Right. You know? Right. Wow, yeah. that's a that's some crazy experience. It is. You've you've had some crazy experiences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've grew up with so many different siblings. Grew up here in Williamston, and then you went into the military, went overseas. You had different experiences over there. Was your experience overseas overall good? Would you say uh, my experience overseas overall was awesome? Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't trade it for the world, and because aside from you know, the Middle East deployment, we went, we went everywhere. We went all over the place all the time. I mean, I've been all over Europe and, and oh, wow. Southeast Asia, spent a lot of time in Guam, uh, Hawaii, all over the States. It was awesome. I mean, you know, cause most of the time as, as a crew chief, you know, I'm just working the flight and making sure the paint, the plane keeps flying and, you know, has what it needs. So when we would, um, be transporting people or whatever we were doing. As soon as we take off, uh, there's the, our planes had, uh, bunks in the back. There was like four bunks in the back that would fold down 
And those were beds for the crew chiefs. Wow. And that was awesome. I bet. That was so <laughs> awesome. You know, because you'd have a, an airplane packed full of people, and I have a bed. That's awesome. Oh, man. Yeah. That's so cool. I enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. and it, I mean, it's the government, so there's, you know, there's good and bad with everything. But yeah, um, I, I still... Uh, I still tell young people, uh, it's you absolutely go in the military. Uh, you will never, you won't, you know, you don't meet too many people that come out and they go, man, I sure regret that. Right. You don't, you know, right. I mean, it, it's a, it's a great experience and, um, there's a lot, there's a lot to learn there. You know, it's a great experience. Um, I've never been in the military, but I mean, everybody I know that's been in the military, they talk about it with this high, like, yeah. like it was the highlight of their life because yeah. they'd gone overseas. They'd experienced so many different things, met so many different people. And then they, they got out and then went, um, to college and the military paid for it. And they have all these other experiences because of the yeah. military it then set kind of sets you up for the rest of your life. I mean, however, there is a lot of bad about it. You know, like if you go to war yeah. and you come back and you have, you're suffering PTSD yeah. and all that stuff, yeah. you know, obviously they're working on that, but yeah. And I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's not without its issues. And, yeah. uh, and you know, I mean, I came out with, with all kinds of issues, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I, again, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. You yeah. Know I mean, and just, and I, and I think for most people, you know, the people that you talk to, it's, it's that purpose. Yeah. It's that, that purpose driven life that, you know, you have this ultimate purpose. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just, you're, I, you're saving democracy. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Essentially. I mean, yeah. And, and I mean, yeah. there, there's just a lot of, uh, it, it's, it's, it's a lot of experience in a, in a short period of time. Yeah. You know, um, so, it, you know, I, I recently started, uh, working at MSU doing landscaping and essentially, I, I mean, I just cut grass all day, Nice, you know, there, and, and it is nice. Uh, I, you know, I used to do that. I loved it. <laughs> I, I love it because it's, it's boring <laughs> and that's what I want. Um, and I don't, I don't need to have a big purpose in that because I have, you know, mm. because I started this flag thing and that, that has sort of given me that purpose. Yeah. Um, it allows me to sort of go to this job and zone out and not worry about it. Yeah. Uh, and, and then also, uh, I, I'm also a local drummer. I've been playing the drums for many years, and so I've played with bands locally. I've seen that. You, um, you said you played for 30, 30 plus yeah, years. Yeah. How yeah. did How did that start? Uh, middle school. Wow. Just In band. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And then started, you just kept doing playing it. the snare drum and moved to a drum set, and yeah, I just it. It was just one of those things that. Uh, I just loved doing. And so, you know, all through my twenties, I, I played in bands and did the original stuff and, and cool. um, cover bands and all that stuff. And then when I was in the service, I, I really couldn't do that, you know, because I was just gone all the time. And, and so I really missed that part of it. Um, but I also got to experience going and sitting in with bands in uh, Thailand, in Guam, in, you know, all these places, you know, that I just talk my way into sitting in with them. <laughs> so that was cool, you know. That was that was a blast. That is cool. That is really cool. Um, so do you play in a band right now? Uh, no, no. Uh, right now I'm just kind of just doing the little things here and there. Uh, I'm playing uh, the Bath Car Show oh, cool. on Cinco de Mayo this Thursday uh, with Fragment of Soul. 
which is a, a blues band. And these are guys I used to play with before I went in the service. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, that should be fun. I, I've mostly over the years, I've been a blues guy. Okay. You know, cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. And I love it. And there's some great players around town. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's awesome getting to play with people. It also kind of gives you purpose too, a little bit, right? Yeah, being, being sure. a part of like something bigger yeah. and, and putting on a performance and yeah. entertaining other people. And I, yeah. And I, I, I absolutely love it. Yeah. You know? Um, I always, I always love drummers, drummers. Like whenever I go to a concert or something, I watch the drummer because they're so into it. Like those guys don't get enough credit mm, at all. Yeah. <laughs> I just recently went and saw a tool in concert. Oh, cool. And it was awesome. And you know, for me, I just sit there for two hours straight watching Danny Carey <laughs> play the drums because it, he's, it's just ridiculous. You know, yeah. I'm like, man, it, it, it's a workout. Yeah. It's a workout. Yeah, Absolutely. We went to, uh, my wife and I went to uh, Kid Rock and uh, Bon Jovi yeah. uh, concert just recently. And each time I watch, especially with Bon Jovi, um, he's old, older, and his voice yeah, kind of yeah. sucks now. <laughs> and so I just locked in on the drummer because that guy, man, he's old too. Yeah. But he's he's getting after it. And I'm like, damn, that guy, that mm-hmm. guy's killing it. He's sweating. Yeah. Sweat's flying everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, and I love seeing... Uh, a lot of these, you know, local bands and, and there's some, there's a lot of great talent around here. Yeah. And I love, you know, I've seen a lot of drummers around here that, you know, I'm always like, man, I, I hope one day I'll be that good. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe another 30 years. <laughs> yeah. There, there's a lot of underrated uh, artists here locally, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, in our yeah. community. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. They, it, yeah. I've seen some good stuff. Yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting that Lansing has like such a like vast variety of different different like artists and yeah. different types of artists. It's it's crazy. I love that uh you know the the Rio town is, yeah. is sort of building up now and you know I just I love I love seeing uh more of the arts around Lansing, you know, just more artistry in general. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think it's, it's, it's getting there. You know what I mean? I think, I think Lansing is sort of finding its, its, uh, place in the world. Yeah, absolutely. It used to be this place where just, I don't know, it was kind of dark and dingy. Like you didn't want to go there. (laughs) Yeah. Definitely didn't want to go to Rio town. Yeah. But now like my wife and I drove through there uh, a couple weeks ago and I'm like, man, this seems like somewhere like you would want to get out and walk around. It's awesome. Like before awesome. yeah. a couple of years ago, yeah. you wouldn't think about doing that. Yep. And I, and I, you know, same with old town. I mean, yeah. I remember old town from gee, almost 30 years ago. And I mean, it was way different than it is now. <laughs> um, and now it's, I mean, it's awesome. You yeah. Know? So it's, it's nice to see, uh, you know, just so much local progress and stuff in it. You know, it just makes me want to be a, a part of that, a part of my community and just a part yeah. of, you know, kind of what's going on. And, well, and that's that. That kind of brings you back to the flag thing. By doing that, you become a part of the community. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you are like yeah. how, you're you're a part of that community. Yeah, and and yeah. I and I like that, you know. Yeah. And I like that. Um, and this and this is why I don't uh, push too much online because it's a local thing. You know, I'm not going to be driving to Detroit to replace a flag, probably. You know, so I mean, my my audience, my customer base is the greater Lansing area and nobody right, else. Right. And, and I'm, ha- and I'm cool with that. You know, I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know, there, there's, there's certainly enough people around our area, you know, to fulfill that. Oh, absolutely. 
Yeah, I I think that oftentimes people don't think Lansing's that big. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, you can drive through it within like five right, minutes, right. <laughs> but it it I mean it 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 spans out so far, like the greater Lansing area. Yeah. I mean, you you think of Bath and Williamston yeah. and. Uh, what are some of the other like um, Charlotte, I mean, yeah, Potterville? You, like, yeah, I mean that's a, that's a that's a pretty wide area. It's huge. Yeah. Thousands and thousands of people live here yeah. in this area. Yeah, and I think there's uh, and you know that's what I love about you know someone like you doing this local podcast is we we there there's enough people in this town to support whatever local people are doing. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, we have the 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 base of people for that. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, you know, it's just, I, I love, I love seeing more and more people coming back to more local centric thinking, I guess. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and I feel like, I feel like the pandemic sort of pushed that, you know, I feel like once the pandemic hit and every, everyone's life just got turned upside down, yeah. I felt like there was, more of this like local sort of coming together vibe. And I, and I love that. Yeah. I think a lot of people realize like, especially like seeing some of the businesses, the small business. And that was, that was kind of like one of the things for me with the podcast was seeing some of these businesses shut down. Yeah. And I'm like, I have this podcast. Why not like help promote some of these, these business owners? Cause like a lot of these businesses that shut down that I like read on like an article about or something, I'm like, I didn't even know that existed, <laughs> you know? And that was yeah. during the pandemic. Like if I would have known that existed, I probably would have gone sure. and helped support. But yeah, I think, uh, I think the pandemic kind of like it, it halted everything. Yeah. I mean, like for me, you know, I was, I, I talk about it all the time, but working at GM, it was like fast paced. Everything's fast paced. Like yeah. we were working overtime, 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 every single day, Saturdays and oh. just, you know, life just seems so fast paced, yeah. at least for me. Yeah. And then the pandemic hit and it's like, yeah. came to a halting stop. And it's like, wow, this is what life is like yeah. that. That shit doesn't matter at all. Like this is what life is. Yeah. And, and now I can have time to spend with my family. Mm-hmm. I can, you know, put more energy and time into some of the things I love to do. Yeah. And, uh, then that's when the podcast came about, but you know, like, for other people is starting a business or, you know, doing art or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it really, it was, it was really transformative kind of across the board, you know, when, I mean, a a lot of people are still working from home, Yeah, you know, because they, they figured out that we prefer this This is way better. And I I don't blame them, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been quite the transformation and, you know, it was good and bad, but I think there's been, I think there's been a lot of good to come from it. I think a lot of good has come from it. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I don't, I guess I don't really know any bad that's come from it other than the pandemic itself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just, you know, uh, the pandemic itself, but just, you know, for, for me, um, the, the isolation, like for my kids mm, yeah, is, yeah. you know, I, I was like, man, that's, you know, for me, I didn't, I mean, not too much of my life changed. And, uh, right. you know, I was at a point where I was pretty reclusive anyway. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, for all these kids that were going to school and then all of a sudden, man, you're, you're not, you're not doing any of that. And then you're, everything's online. You can't go anywhere. Can't do anything. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it was, 
I feel like it was pretty rough there for a minute. For I, I do have to agree with that. My my daughter, she was in kindergarten when it all hit, oh, and yeah. she was just starting. And then so, you know, she had to start her her first day of school ever online. Mm. And it's like, man, no kid should have to no. do that. And then, you oh. know, throughout the year, you know, you're, she's learning online. So it's kind of putting her behind, you know, and just it, it I, I don't know. I feel like that generation of of children are going to suffer and uh, yeah you can kind of see it now um it's just it's sad honestly it's really sad it just is what it is right i mean and and it's not the first time you know i mean we've gone through periods where people's lives have been upended and you know you you kind of get through it but you know there's there's suffering that goes on um but you know you kind of just Try to look at the good stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we're all alive. Well, some of us yeah, are alive. Yeah, <laughs> some yeah. some people didn't weren't so fortunate, I guess, you know. But. And I you know, I only I I only knew one person that actually died from COVID. Um and and oddly enough, during that time when the pandemic hit, we lost like oh my god, it was like seven or eight people, wow. like family, friends and stuff. None of it was COVID. Wow. It was all completely unrelated. Wow. Just weird timing, you know? Right. Um. So, yeah, it, it was, you know, and I think, I think one of the biggest things was um, people's mental health just, just yeah. taking a hit during that time. Yeah. And I know for myself, uh, you know, I was only six months out of, military out out of that life wow and then that then this is the new norm yeah and then so you know i'm trying to find some kind of purpose and then this happens and man um i want to ask you a question but i don't know if i want to ask on the air (laughs) i'll ask Ask you later all right so uh you have a heart problem right uh sort of yes so with the vaccination were you concerned about that at all uh no no i mean and i'll tell you the the reason I wasn't concerned, well, I was concerned about it, sure, like anyone yeah. else. Um, but the the reason that I got it with with really no qualms was number one, the military has already stabbed so much stuff into me already <laughs> that you know what what's another right thing, right? Right. So I, you know, and honestly, I mean, I looked at it from that perspective, um, and the. Then the other big thing was uh, my sister, who just passed a couple weeks ago, um, had cancer. And so in order for me to go visit her, we had to get vaccinated. Wow. So for for that reason alone, um, you know, it wasn't even questionable. Right. You know, we were like, we're, we're, we're going to do it and so we can yeah. go visit. So I have a friend who's in the military. He was in the military. Um, I work with him. And he has uh, he developed myocarditis while in the military. Uh, or maybe it was, yeah, I think it was in the military and, but you know, obviously they inject him with all these things, yeah. you know, prior and then he developed myocarditis and then he was concerned about getting the vaccination because, uh, sure. because of the heart conditions and it, it affects people with heart conditions. So I was just curious to know how, how you felt about that. So. Fortunately for me, my heart diagnosis was, um, it was coronary artery disease, but very, very mild at this mm. point. So you know, nothing, nothing overly concerning or anything. So can you do like uh vigorous exercise yeah. or anything like that? Yeah. 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 I have no restrictions. Okay. Um, 
and, and for me, it, it runs in my family. Oh, okay. So I wasn't really concerned that, you know, is this coming from, um, you know, some shot I got in the military. <laughs> right. One thing I was concerned about when, when, I, when sort of all this stuff started was, um, you know, dystonia is uh, sort of similar to Parkinson's in, in just the, the constant movements and all that. And during the, the, the time that, that I was processing out and, and going through all this stuff, um, I had read that, uh, there's, there's a bacteria in the, the top crust of the sand in the Middle East in in Qatar specifically that can cause Parkinson's. And I thought, man, what, what if, right? (laughs) Right. Who knows? Um, and thankfully I found out, you know, it, it's not Parkinson's, but, um, so, you know, you never know, you know, I mean, exposure to jet fuel all the time, you know, there's all kinds of things that who knows, you know? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that the VA, I can't say enough good about the VA and I, and I understand, you know, people have had their issues with the VA. Um, and, and I think it's gotten better over the last several years, uh, but they've been tremendous to me. You know, that, they, that's they, awesome. They've definitely taken care of me. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I think uh, a lot of people, especially like some of the older vet vets, right? They yeah. they kind of had some bad experiences. But, oh yeah, but Big I mean, time. but it seems that everything is kind of taking a turn for the better. Yeah. In, in all aspects. Yeah, and 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 that's certainly one of the things that um, I'm I'm very thankful, very grateful that you know, the VA has taken care of me. Yeah. Um, you know, having been essentially medically retired, I, I get retirement, but you know, it, it's certainly not getting rich off that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I still have to work, you know? Right. Right. <clears throat> now you said you had kids, right? I do. How many kids do you have? Uh, I have uh, three. I okay. have two of my own and then a stepdaughter. Okay. Um, they are 14, 15, almost 16 and 18, about to graduate high school. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, you got your hands full. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and and my 18-year-old is my stepdaughter. Um her uh her dad owns arts a pub. Yep. Oh wow. And, and her uncle owns uh um good truck and diner in Rio Town. Oh wow. And Jeez. and they're they're absolutely great people and I tell people all the time I I wish uh more divorced couples could have the relationship that we have, um, you know, we, we, I mean, we hang out with these people. I'd take a bullet for that guy, nice. you know, that's, um, and, that's and awesome. I, I wish people, I, I wish more people could experience that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Unfortunately, there's always animosity there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could say the same for mine. <laughs> well, that's awesome that you're able to get along. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it, it makes, in it, fact, it, he was my first customer. Oh, really? He was my uh-huh. very first customer. Nice. You know? yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk talk about or promote while you're on the podcast? No, no. I think uh, I think we covered it. Um, like I said, I, I think it's awesome that you're doing this. Um, Thank you. You know, everyone has a story, right? I mean, that's you know, I feel like everyone has a story that they want to share. Yeah, and yeah. they want people to hear, and um, you know, and you just hope that it's a story that people want to listen to. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it it it's great to have this outlet and just to be able to, to 
give people sort of uh, the background behind, you know, selling flags. So it, right. so it's not just selling flags. Yeah, some some vet. <laughs> yeah, just some vet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I I I am a one hundred percent service connected disabled veteran. Um, and I you know. That's that's just life, I guess. Well, that makes me <laughs> want to buy a flag from you. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I already brought I brought you one for free. Well, thank you. I appreciate that's that. A, that's my appreciation gift. I I, huh. I love what you're doing. You thank know? you. Thank you. I, I really awesome. appreciate that. Um, yeah, that I mean that's the reason why I started the podcast originally was to originally was to share my story. And then I'm like, well, other people want to I know other people want to tell their stories. Yeah. And so it was the thing is like my wife, her mom, I remember her telling me one day, she's like, I want, I've always wanted to write a book about my life. Yeah. She's had some pretty crazy things happen to her. And then that got me thinking like, I, if she's not the only person, I'm yeah. sure she's not the only person. I'm not yeah. the only person. There's gotta be so many other people that want to tell their stories, sure. but absolutely not everybody has the time to sit down and write a book. No, I know no. I don't No, And I, and that, you know, I would, I've had, uh, even family members. I, uh, I have an uncle that he, he's always telling me, man, you should write a book. <laughs> says you can, I mean, you know, just growing up in that way, yeah. says, you, you should really write a book. Cause you know, yeah. it's just that, I mean, obviously there, you know, we could go on, we could be here for hours talking about, you know, mm-hmm. just, just all the different experiences that come from just that experience growing up that way. Right. Right. Know? Yeah, Absolutely. But you definitely should write a book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think uh, a lot can be learned from somebody who has had 22 siblings because then it doesn't make, like you grew up not, not necessarily a, a pri. Not, I don't want to say priority, but like you, you had to share with I don't, yeah, I don't, 21 other people. I don't think my parents ever knew what I was doing. <laughs> it, yeah. You, you certainly never got, you're your, never favored, right? You no. Know, and you never got your own bedroom. It, it was, it was interesting because there's, there's such an age gap there that my youngest sibling thought that my oldest sibling was just a friend of my parents. <laughs> he had no idea because he had never lived with him. Wow. You know, he, I mean, most of my older siblings were, they were gone. You know, they were moved on out and whatever right. by, by the time that they had adopted some of the younger ones. So, you know, they didn't know. Wow, um, that's so crazy. You know, and it, and it was it was interesting experiencing uh, racism from the from this perspective. You know, it, being being a white person growing up in a very mixed family. Uh, you know, I've I've been in more than a few situations where people just assume that well, you're white, so you know, I'm going to start spewing all this racist bullshit mm. because, you know, you're probably going to be on board with it. Right. And, uh, and so it's, it's certainly interesting to see people's reactions yeah. when, when you explain to them. <laughs> um, but in that, and that, you know, and that, that happened even early on. I remember being 13 years old and walking down the street and there's these guys in a pickup truck going hunting or whatever they were doing. And they said, Hey, come here. And I walk over there and they said, Hey, what the hell all them N words doing down the street? Wow. Well, you know, I'm 13. I don't need, he's talking about my siblings, you know, wow. I'm like, I don't even know what to say to that. Right. You know, just kind of keep on keeping on. <laughs> yeah. So it's been interesting. That yeah. is interesting. I, I also was adopted. Yeah. Um, yep. And I'm Honduran. 
or okay. par- partial yeah. Honduran. Um, my dad's from Honduras. Uh, he's that's my biological dad. Okay. Um, but I was adopted into a Caucasian home, so I was like kind of the oddball yeah. <laughs> in the family. Yeah. I was darker skin, darker yeah. hair. Everybody else was white, had blonde hair. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I I I kind of understand <laughs> what it would be like for your siblings. You know. Yeah, kind of being the outcast. Yeah, and, and it, you know, uh, like I said, you know, not not all of them could even speak English. Yeah, that's, um, that's so, wild. You know, and and it was a very, it was a very small, very white town. Yeah, you know, Williamson. At, at time, you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't, you know, I'm sure it's a little more diverse these yeah, days. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Um, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for doing this. Yeah, it was, hey, I, absolutely. It was nice talking to you. Um, you're super laid back. Really chill. <laughs> this is all the weed I smoke in the military. Does it help you? No, 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 it, it, it doesn't. And, and I wish it did. Um, I want it to so bad. Yeah. Um, but it, it just really doesn't. Um, I, and you know, I was, uh, unfortunately the only thing that really did work was opioids wow. and a lot of opioids. I mean, I was to wow. a point where I was, I was taking like 80 milligrams of opioids a day just to get by. And, I mean, that's horrible. It was horrible. I, I don't enjoy them at all. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was horrible. So, and, and again, thank God for Botox. Like I, I thank God for Botox. Awesome. <laughs> well, but yeah, I appreciate, I appreciate you having me on it. This is great. Yeah, absolutely. Come back again. Will do. Awesome. All right.